0: How do you mitigate your risk? Montel's forecasting services cover risks from hours ahead to years ahead. We welcome you to hedge your market exposure with our diverse forecasting portfolio. Contact us at sales at montelnews.com for more info and a free trial.
1: Hello, listeners. And welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing energy matters in an informal setting. In today's pod, we'll discuss the expansion of renewables across Europe and the ways in which to finance green energy projects across the continent. In particular, we will delve into the complex world of power purchase agreements, or PPAs for short, and what's happening in this segment across many countries on the continent. What's new? What's hot? and what's not. Joining me, Richard Sveresen, to discuss these matters is Tekla from Bülow of Aurora NG Research, who luckily for us is an expert in this field. A warm welcome to you, Tekla.
0: Thank you very much, Richard. Uh, glad to be here today.
1: And how are you doing in, in Berlin? How's, how's the, the COVID situation uh, where you are?
0: We're slowly starting to, to open up a few things again, but we're uh obviously far from from a normal situation, still very much working from home meetings happening virtually, but I feel like after a year of being stuck at home, we finally have come to quite a set of terms with with the conditions and uh its it's working really well so i'm I'm looking forward with for for things to open up a little bit more but but we're doing well with so
1: far that's good to good to hear there is there is light at the end of the tunnel. Now now we we're, we're here Tecla, to discuss PPAs in particular in your home country of, of Germany now could you tell us a little bit about what happened in 2020 in, in terms of ppas
0: yes yeah, so very very happy to i mean in in general i think it's fantastic to see the activity that has been going on i think a lot of people were expecting uh, covid to put a halt on many things including action on climate change and um, especially also halt uh, on on the ppa market we were quite happy to see um, that 2020 was was not able to put a halt to all of what is happening, including the PPA market. And so this has been an ongoing rising trend in Europe, but also in Germany. More PPAs being closed, and we do see this trend continuing. A lot of interest from corporates, especially, uh, coming, coming in asking um, to decarbonize their activities Five PPAs. So it is an extremely hot market for the moment,
1: and that's continued into this year. You know, as we as we discussed um, just a moment ago, as as the maybe the the end of the pandemic is looming. This is the beginning of the end of the pandemic.
0: Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> yes, you know definitely. I mean, uh, luckily, we're all uh, so able to work virtually. So uh, all the discussions um, around. Um, closing PPAs uh, contract negotiations and so on can all happen virtually, with all the information being shared online. So it is not something that has been put a, a hold by by the COVID situation. And if we look at at uh, the general market development, also with, with quite a bit of volatility last year. This also, since we're looking at PPAs, which is which is a bit looking at the long term developments of our prices, depending of course how how long. Or what kind of tenors we're looking at, but it has been something that hasn't put a hold in, in closing PPAs.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, could you talk us through the sort of main types that you're seeing? You mentioned corporates. Is that the main type of PPA deals that, you, that you're that you seeing or have seen so far in the last sort of 12 months?
0: Well, you have to differentiate between the corporate activity happening, but of course, you also have uh, utility PPAs that are strong in the market as well. As well as kind of intermediate structures where you have an intermediate player having the relationship um, with uh, with the asset uh, and then selling on to to another party on the corporate side, especially I've seen a, a, a massive increase in in interest uh, in some of the European markets, uh, especially in Germany. Um, the utility side has been has been developing as well.
1: Can you give us some indication on numbers here, the trends that you see, uh, Tegla?
0: Yeah, so, the, I mean, if we look at the different European markets, you have to look at the individual markets to to identify clear trends. There's a huge difference between the maturity of the different markets. You have much more mature markets, for instance, in, in the UK, in the Nordics and Iberia, than you have in other countries, uh, such as my own in Germany. But we do we do see continuing interest And there's very little standardization, both in terms of the size of the PPAs, really from small PPA sizes to very long PPA sizes. We also see a huge variety in the the tenders, depending on what kind of projects we're looking at. If we're looking at new build projects, where you really have to use the PPAs in order to secure the cash flows and ensure that the projects are bankable, we see longer tenors, but with very long tenors, we also see new innovative kind of uh, structures emerging in terms of tranching the PPA into different sub-tenors to enable kind of a fixed price at the start and then uh, becoming more flexible as the tenor evolves uh, to, to kind of take into account insecurities around the price developments. We also see a big variety also in terms of structures in, in general or volume clauses both uh, as produced but also baseload structures emerging it really really depends on on kind of the um the, the legislation and the the technology we're talking about and within the technologies also whether it's a new built asset or a lifetime extension asset
1: you you sort of hit the nail on the head there in a way Tekla, because you know it is such a non-standardized uh, area or market in a sense that it, it's very hard to generalize between you know Countries and and also and deals because even you know the PPA contract is is a, is a is a beast of immense complexity in many ways. But if I could say you you've highlighted some areas the some innovative deals that are emerging. Are there any other standouts that you'd like to, to 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 tell us about?
0: Yeah. So an interesting trend that I could see emerging is especially when we talk about the the corporates is whether the corporates will continue to have the direct relationship to the asset, right? Putting their logos on the wind farm and saying, this is our wind farm, the one we're procuring the green energy from. Or do you uh, are, are you more of a, a price hedger and are you less interested in kind of the direct relationship with the asset? Just asking the seller to ensure that a certain price level is given and uh, a certain load is provided, but less kind of uh, having the needs to have the direct relationship with the asset. Right? It's quite interesting when you see uh, really short-term tenors between corporates and and developers, where the seller is actually t- carving out a PPA from their existing portfolio to provide the buyer with what is required by the buyer. Uh, so quite an interesting uh, development in that sense.
1: So corporates. You know, selling themselves as green here is, is, is very, very important, whether that's naming the wind uh, turbines or on the, on the solar panels or whatever, this, this you see is becoming more and more important.
0: It, it really depends on what corporates we're talking about. There's, there's some of them um, which we called kind of the green image seekers, the one that uh, really has high stake or the pressure. And the ones that really want to demonstrate their green activities, these will be the corporates that would be more interested in putting their logo on a wind farm. But if we're talking about very energy intense uh, companies where the price of a PPA actually makes a huge difference in, in terms of, uh, of their commercial, commercial competitiveness, um, the, the likes of, kind of the, the, the metal industry, for instance, or or the chemical industry, they are looking for good deals and here kind of the direct relationship with the asset uh, might become less important. The other really uh, interesting uh, or important aspect, if we talk about corporates uh, especially, um, is the point around... Additionality, So uh, ensuring that you are greening the local economy, which is something that especially, for instance, um, the big tech that are coming in uh, are really interested in ensuring that the PPAs that they close have the stamp that a project might not have been developed without the PPA that they're closing. Is, uh, is is something that that will also become increasingly important now with the with the RET2 implementation. So the the Renewable Energy Directive of the European Union, uh, which is being translated into national law.
1: What kind of sectors are these? The green image sellers. I mean, it's fascinating. Are they? Are we talking tech? Are we talking you know transport? What what kind of area, or is it is it across the board, uh, tecla
0: Yeah, um, so the the green image seekers are really the ones um, that have in our categorization really have high stakeholder pressure, which is both from their end customers or uh, end clients, as well as their own employees and more and more the shareholders also. So typically we're talking about uh, the big retail uh, companies, the hotels, uh, also in some sense uh, the um, uh, transport automotive uh, companies, depending on how, how they calculate their emissions and so on and so forth. right? So, the, the green image seekers are the ones that not necessarily high, have high energy intensity, while what we call the green giants have, in addition to high they call the pressure also have uh, a really high energy intensity and are looking both for the, the green image or the, or, or the publication of, of their green image, but also really looking at, at the price. Mm.
1: Very interesting, of course, this aspect of additionality is key now in germany would you would you say that Germany is a kind of sleeping giant here in in the p p a market because of you know a lot of the the feed in tariffs are coming coming to an end we 're seeing wind farms that are no longer receiving subsidies and also changes to the the guarantee of origin legislation. Can we expect to see more demand or bigger? You know, bigger moves, bigger activity in in Germany than we've seen before. I mean, maybe that's a bit of an obvious question because we we'll probably see it. But uh, what, what's your view here, Tekla?
0: Yeah, no, so definitely. I mean, it's it's a market that is becoming more and more interesting. And I mean, compared to other European countries, we're we're in a quite uh, early phase still. But I think it's it's a, a very interesting and exciting market um, to to be looking at. So again, you have to differentiate between the different technologies, right? So on the solar side, you can, in, in terms of PPAs, so most of the PPAs in, in Germany are in solar and will continue to be. On the solar side, we see merchant build out for everything that is not eligible to go into the auctions, which is everything above 20 megawatt. These actually are, are really interesting projects because they do comply with the, with the high additionality requirements. So, great projects that require PPAs in order to ensure bankability. You also have a little bit of lifetime extension coming in. So the first the solar assets will run out of the 20 years uh, subsidy scheme. So these will, will also in part be looking for PPAs for some, some lifetime extension. But on the solar side, it's it's mostly kind of the, the merchant build out in, in addition to, to a PPA. On the onshore wind side, this is a market that is very much, as you might know, lagging lagging behind or has been, been slowed down in recent years with auctions being uh, heavily undersubscribed. Uh, so we nearly don't see any merchant build out until the end of the decade. Thus, also means that you will see very few PPAs being closed in the onshore wind segment. What you do see, though, is some uh, lifetime extensions. Again, so for all the plants that run out of the EEG uh, subsidy scheme in Germany are eligible to... Uh, or uh, have have provide the opportunity to continue r- running with a PPA, and it it is being used as uh, so some projects still require secured cash flow for the land leases, for instance. The offshore wind will be really interesting. We have currently the zero bid offshore wind parks from the tenders of seventeen in two thousand seventeen and uh, two thousand. 18, the big one from from Borkomriff Fund 3 and ENBW in the right, both will be, um, or in, in the case of Borkomriff 3, have been already closing PPAs, might be more coming. So these are really, really high quality PPAs um, in terms of additionality with really long tenors. And these are the ones that also provide the big, big volumes and enabling some of the corporates to decarbonize via the offshore wind part. in all the other countries, you really have to look at at what kind of technology we're looking at, what kind of asset.
1: Many countries have opted for auctions and contracts for difference, also known as CFDs. Tecla, can you explain the differences and how these may influence PPA deals?
0: Um, Yeah, so I mean, specifically um, looking at Iberia, for instance, we do see a kind of a competition between going into the auctions and, and, and building out fully merchant. The impact on the regulation is still a bit unclear, but we, we think that the proposed support scheme for renewables in Spain might lead to a bit of a lowering of the supply potential as some of the new generation would benefit from CFDs. However, in general, for instance, Spain, we still believe that the market will be oversupplied in 2030.
1: We've seen wholesale electricity prices rise quite significantly in, in, in some countries, especially in Northern Europe. What kind of an impact do higher uh, wholesale power prices have on on PPAs and on, on, on PPA deals?
0: Yeah, so um, I think that's a, a really fair question. Again, um, my, my answer would be uh, it depends. And I'm in, in that case, it, it really depends on the tenor of the PPAs, right? The more, more long-term you look at, at PPAs, the less kind of the, the current market situation plays a role. However, if you look at, at the really short-term PPAs, you have to, or oftentimes it's being used as a hedge, and there you would have a stronger impact on kind of more, more recent developments uh, on market prices. What is really important with PPAs is getting kind of the price forecasts as right as possible and ensure that the structure of the PPA is taking into account kind um, of your risk position in your market view, um, especially if you look at, at the more long-term market developments. In many countries, cannibalization of renewables will play a significant role. What we mean by, by cannibalization of renewables. Is that wind tends to blow in, in one region, so that in, in times of, of uh, high wind, all the renewable assets are producing at the same time, the same with uh, the sun shining. So, in times of high renewable production, at the same time, it has a, a big impact on the base load prices. So, um, having a good, good view on, on how renewable expansion will develop over the next couple of years. Taking into account also insecurities around regulation and government targets of renewable expansion is really important to feel comfortable with the, with the PPA pricing
1: mm. absolutely I think we've also seen some severe you know instances of of severe weather Tekla. I think we, you know in, in in Texas for example you you see a lot of the wind farms and the wind producers they're being hit by extreme conditions. And I'm just wondering, are you noticing or have you seen any movement to include more kind of force majeure clauses into, into PPA contracts?
0: Yes, definitely. I think uh, both COVID and events like Texas have made parties on, on both sides more, more aware of these kind of events. So I think lawyers are, are much better positioned uh, <laughs> to comment on this. Mm -hmm. Um, But but have definitely uh, seen much more discussion around the importance of uh, force majeure in the PPA market, right? Both in in terms of the delivery of power, but also security around um, the the construction of the asset.
1: I often ask the guests on this podcast if they had a a wish, what would they want from the regulators or the the policymakers in, in their countries or in their markets? So what would your wish be for Germany and uh, its policymakers?
0: From our analysis, you know, it, it's it, it's become quite apparent that, that Germany will need more renewable expansion in order to really achieve the targets set in terms of getting on the road to net zero. And in, in Germany, it, it will be very much about enabling more expansion of offshore wind But also reducing the hurdles for onshore wind, ensuring the participation on onshore wind auctions, reducing regulatory hurdles around the extension of lifetime, but also repowering of assets falling out of um, the subsidy scheme after 20 years. I think there's an enormous willingness of both the suppliers, the the utilities, or in general, the sellers of PPAs to, to push this market forward. And on the corporate side, very much so as well, trying to understand how they get to net zero through PPAs, uh, but also through other ways. The German government, and it will be interesting because we have general elections this year to see how the different parties will plan out this topic for Germany.
1: Excellent, Tekla. I think we'd like to welcome you back. Perhaps after the election would be a good time.
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: but thank you very much for being a guest on the Montel Weekly Podcast this week, Tekla.
0: Pleasure, Richard. Thanks a
1: lot. So, listeners, you can now follow the podcast on our own Twitter account, aptly named the Montel Weekly Podcast. Please direct message any suggestions questions or you know let us know if you if you think you have a good idea for a guest on the show you can also send us an email to podcast at montelnews.com lastly remember to keep up to date with all that's happening in energy markets on montel news you can subscribe on apple podcasts and spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from thank you and goodbye